0: I'm Pam Evanson.
1: I'm Dan Lappin. And this is Breaking Sales, a non-conformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. How many times have you and I probably done deal dissections with our clients and everything seemed to move toward change, that the prospect would actually benefit from the change. There was more value in the change. But the prospect pulled back because their perception of what it might take, their involvement, the time or the effort or the political ramifications, their perception of that was in such a way that they said, okay, we need to hold back or we need to avoid making this change for right now.
0: hundred percent. And it comes because we don't help them think through some of these hurdles. And, and Dan, to your point too, it can be other people. All right, you've got to bring this to a board. Let's start anticipating their reaction. Do they necessarily agree with your point of view that this change needs to take place? Do they agree with your point of view that the current solution you have in place is longer working? Would they look at it this way? All of those things are important.
1: This is one of your strengths. I mean, I've seen you do it time and time again where you're really good at helping someone think through what are the questions that you have to ask to help that person objectively view and consider the hurdles because you never do it trying to convince someone that the hurdles non-existent. You never do it trying to convince someone that the hurdle is an easy one to overcome. You're always doing it in the senses. Let's really talk about this hurdle. What does it really represent? All right. Is it something that's real or not real? Is it something that's based on more of a fear and a perception versus reality a past experience like you do a really good job of walking people through those those final hurdles i mean i can't tell you how many times that that's happened right and again i'm being repetitive a little bit but yeah they decide not to go forward because they just don't have the time and the effort to take on the process well what's the process well not really much we take care of it do they know that well, we think they do. We covered it in our presentation. Oh, you covered it in your presentation. How did they feel about the presentation? How did they feel about how, what you covered? Did you ask them what their process was, what they thought the process would be, what their perception of it was? No, we didn't get that far. Oh, okay.
0: When I was in sales, one of the the questions, based on your comment that you learn over having deals not go through because a perceived timeline, we would ask, all right, you've seen this timeline. How much time are you associating with this timeline from your lens? Like when you see this, what? how much hours, minutes, days are you associating with this? And holy cow, much different than, all right, so here's the timeline, do the steps seem pretty clear? Great. My boss, he used to get so furious when I would go into his office and say, Well, they're they're just they just don't have the time to commit to this right now, Jim. So they're gonna hold off for now. (laughs) He's like, and how much time are they associating with this timeline that you've presented to them? Good question. (laughs) But it became one of my favorite things to do. All right, here's the timeline. Tell me what you're visualizing here. Tell me the people and tell me the hours and minutes that you're associating from your side of the table regarding this timeline. Always it would come down to, well, we just don't think we have enough time to execute on this view.
1: So Pam, I have a, I have a funny story for you and the listeners. This is way back. Um, when it wasn't and 180, it was one in group and I had no clients and no clue. Um, I remember, um, I thought I had my first deal over the finish line and the um, vice president come back, came back to me and goes, yeah, Hey Dan, everybody wants to do this. We just, we don't have the budget. I said, Oh, okay. And I kind of was surprised a little bit because I'm thinking, why would he spend so much time with me? Why would he go through so much with me if he didn't already have the budget? Now that that's my fault too. I mean, no question, but then I'm like, okay, so Tell me a little bit more what happened. And I, and I had no idea that this had happened earlier in the year. They had asked for a big budget on a, um, to go to a big conference. I think it was in Vegas and they wanted to do a a booth. And so they asked for six figures on that budget. Okay. And they got the commitment. Not too long later, they wanted to do a certain type of marketing campaign which was going to be also pretty expensive, right? And so he had already blown out his budget on two other full commitments that same year. And I had no clue. And here he was going for a third time for budget for training. I should have asked, what other things this year have you been working on? What other things this year have you committed to? What are the other projects strategies that you're deploying to improve sales, to grow revenue, grow numbers. If I would have been better at asking what are the other options, what are the other commitments, what are the other strategies that you have in play, I would have learned all that.
0: Even as simple as, as you go to that, have that conversation, let's talk about how it's going to be received based on what you've been doing over the course of the year What could be potential, like, oh, we're not going to do this. Like, why would this person say this is not something I want to do? Like, to your point, and it's so funny, you bring up something so spot on. We think they're already thinking ahead to that. No. Psychology demonstrates, right? Okay, here's the next conversation. I, I can only see one step at a time. It takes somebody else to help me do a little bit of forward thinking as I move through this decision-making process so that I am more prepared to move through the change. And we don't do that, we just assume, oh, certainly they've thought about the budget, certainly they've thought about this. No, I'm only thinking about the step that's right in front of me. I'm not thinking five steps ahead.
1: It's true because I know from experience, I know some of our clients do too, the second you ask your decision-maker, hey, let's pretend you make a decision to make this change. And we're going to fast forward 18 months on that. What are you going to want to observe, hear, or experience that tells you you got this decision right? And it's so stunning most of the time how you get that blank stare, how the decision maker doesn't know what to answer or how to answer, or the answer they initially give you is so surface level or just so basic to your point We don't, for some reason, fully look forward in depth on what is the impact of this decision? What am I going to risk? What am I going to gain? And so by asking those questions, you really do open up a whole new view or perspective for many of your prospects and clients, because you'd be surprised, very surprised, how many don't think that far ahead.
0: And I get to the point with some of my sales professionals where if we've been doing this for some period of time, they know they're not allowed to be surprised. If they're surprised by a last minute hurdle, or it's like, then we didn't, then sales professional, you didn't do your job, you know, darn good. And well, these are the questions that we have to ask. And if you're surprised, it's telling you that you didn't do your job well enough.
1: We need to come up with some cute little marketing slogan for last minute hurdle. (laughs) Right? The Hail Mary. We need to come up with something there, right? Of avoid the last minute hurdle or something, something that has some kind of funny, but a little bit of shame involved with the last (laughs) minute hurdle. Shame. I like it. I know. I I thought about that. I'm like, you know, sometimes shame is funny, especially if you just got enough courage to admit, Hey, you screwed up. All right. That's on you. Right. Or that's on me.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: (laughs) So what's the message you think for our listeners today?
0: Definitely. We do not make decisions based on facts. We make decisions on how those facts impact us and the risks we associate with making the decision. Our job as a consultant goes from, absorbing, understanding, learning, insane levels of curiosity. to facilitating that dialogue that allows your prospect to vet the pros and cons and anticipate, should those pros outweigh the cons, anticipate the hurdles that may get in their way as they try to realize this change.
1: I love it. I love it. I think for me, I'll key in on slow down slow down i love everything you said pam and i would just add slow down to to do what you just said you've you've got to just take a step back and you have to realize that there's so much more that this person's going to go through in making this decision more than meets the eye right now in the meeting and they're human so slow down and start talking to them through your questions about what do they think is going to play out, risk, or gain? What do they think the impact of that will be? What do they think or perceive the hurdles to get there or experience that might be? Slow down, take your time, work with them on it. At the end of the day, I mean, that's what a true consultant does.
0: Absolutely. And I'm not afraid about what I'm gonna hear. I need to hear it.
1: Perfect. We're gonna end on that because that is perfect. Let's not be afraid to hear what we need to hear. There is no good or bad in it. It is just information at that moment in time. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you wanna get engaged with us outside of the podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapon 180com go to contact us. You can also engage with us on LinkedIn, at Dan Lapin or Lapin 180.